Every leader has problems. Increasing your leadership intensity won't fix them in a healthy way. You need an increase of clarity. From starting businesses, leading multiple nonprofit organizations, both large and small, and a full family life, Dr. Chris McAllister learned how to shift his thinking to thrive. He will help you order your internal world so you can lead your external world. Welcome to the Site Shift Lead Podcast with Chris McAllister. All right, guys, uh, gals, people, friends. Thanks so much for being here for this podcast. And I have a really different episode that I feel like I need to preface a little bit. It's three different interviews in three different locations with three different people. Uh, Here's what the attempt of this episode is about. To hear some stories from people that we've worked with. Um, For me, a lot of what I'm doing is really twofold. It's coaching, group coaching, direct coaching through site shift or speaking for that. Uh, also working with businesses as they drive in the values uh, of site shift and really unblock their performance. So you may be looking at this from a standpoint of personal change. You may look at this at a standpoint of your own journey with what you lead. Either way, you're going to find stuff in these interviews that's going to help you. Uh, but it's a different weird feel in the sense that I'm interviewing them about Sight Shift. I'm not just interviewing them about their story. Um, and you'll hear me introduce them as we go through those. And I'd love to hear what you think about this. So after you listen to it, let me know. Um, For me, it's a privilege that you're here, and I want to hopefully reach out to some of you through this and open up possibilities and opportunities for us to go further with what SiteShift is about. Um, I did reach out to some people that we've worked with um, that I feel like represent the story well of what SiteShift's possibilities are. About 40% of my individual coaching is with females. It just so happens that these three stories are guys. Uh, so I, afterward, I'm like, ah, I don't love that that happened, but more stories to come in the future. So with that being said, thanks for being here. Check it out. Let me know what you think. One. Jeff, thanks so much for uh, making time to, to chat today. And just to introduce folks that are listening here on the podcast, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you guys do with your company, and we'll go from there. Right on. So I'm Jeff Baker. I am a CEO of Noble. Um, Noble is a product development company that serves uh, the healthcare market, specifically the biopharmaceutical market. We just have a you know unique organization. Um, our, our company culture is, is unique. Um, the output and performance that, that our organization uh, brings to market is fairly significant. We've been awarded or listed in the Inc. magazine as fastest growing companies six times in the last 12 years. Um, all sorts of accolades that validate you know the type of team that we have and the type of culture that we have and and what we bring to market uh, is pretty successful. Um, But um, obviously we want to make sure that we sustain that. So uh, we've been able to work with folks like Chris to help develop our organization, help maintain and sustain our organization, uh, specifically with leadership. So I'm I'm excited to to share um, some of the the insight, if you will, that, that Chris has brought to our team. Oh, thanks so much, man. Well, I know for me, being with you guys, getting to hang out with different companies, the energy that you have there, the passion, the focus, uh, and it's super cool for me to be just a part of that in any way. And so for the podcast listeners, I invited Jeff to come on to say, hey, let's give uh, folks an example of some of the work that we're doing, uh, whether it's companies that are here or companies afar and uh, the fun times to be had. So, you know, you heard about Site Shift through a mutual friend that we have. You guys obviously invest in leadership development. You want to keep things moving forward with your company. Uh, why Site Shift for you? What makes it different uh, from what you've come across with other leadership development stuff? 
So we've looked at several, and over the years, we have two company meetings a year where we bring everybody together, and um, you know it's a balanced format. So you know we have team building events, we have um, community giving events, and then we have you know typically we incorporate some sort of um, educational piece, and you know we've done project management. Um, we brought in organizations that um, you know talk around leadership and culture and things like that. And um, you know, it's interesting when when we when we have these company meetings, we you know we're good listeners. We want to know what our team thinks about our company meetings, and we do surveys and get gets feed. We we capture all sorts of feedback. And when I was first introduced to um, to site shift. I was just really intrigued with the perspective. Um, you know, I've been, in, I've had this business. You know, I founded it in 1994, so it's been 20 years. I've been an entrepreneur all my life, and I just thought that the perspective was was different, and, and I wanted to hear more. So, um, Chris, when you first came to visit us and and introduce yourself to Noble, um, and I don't know if I've told you this, but uh, after our our a corporate meeting survey, the results that we typically see is, you know, all the fun activities and the corporate giving and those sort of things are typically the things that rank the highest. Well, you like blew the charts out of the water. And um, it was really encouraging because I loved the message. I loved the perspective um, in person. You know, the book's great, but the the message that, that you executed and, and delivered in person um, was extremely effective. And I think the thing that I like about it, if you're willing to, as an individual and someone that desires to be a leader or you're a leader and you want want a culture um, that really supports all these great little, these great gifts, you know, this kindness, this accountability, all these different things, um, you know, you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable and you have to allow yourself to really define reality. And I really think that Site Shift helped us, not only as individuals, but leaders in our organization, really all team members of our organization, to keep it real. Let's define what reality is as a person and address the things that, you know, or at least understand and recognize the things that, you know, you need to as an individual to kind of watch out for um, to make improvements so you can be, you can really have a, a, a more positive impact on your community. So um, I, I just really appreciated the perspective and the difference that, you know, I saw in SightShift that I hadn't seen in all the thousands of other leadership and motivational type, you know, books and, and, and programs that are out there. Oh, yeah, thanks. I, I think for me, <clears throat> I realized the hard way, um, another leadership book isn't going to help me. I mean, it's 10 years of like studying leadership like crazy that I come to this place that I go, ah, what? how do you really cooperate with the process of how your life can change? And then how do we have that conversation in a place that a lot of times is soulless? Uh, what's it look like to have a culture in a company that champions this idea of vulnerability and learning who we are, not losing ourselves in that vulnerability where we're, um, you know, losing our leadership edge. And there's a lot of people talking about that today in different ways. I think of Brene Brown and others. Um, And when that happens, it's crazy. It's not that you have an environment that you can't have a blast and play in. It just means that we're going to deal with what's really there. Um, I, I think I told you this, Jeff, when I was there last time, that the first call I got for, like, corporate work, it was referral. So, I'm, you know, I'm letting people know I'm doing this. First call I get, uh, this company calls, and they're like, hey, we, we have some new hires. We've got some folks that have been changed responsibilities, demoted. Uh, and we've got sideways energy happening, new initiative, some politics, and we were hoping that you could come in and do some trust falls with us. Uh, and I said, well, here's what I would want to come in and do. And of course, you know this stuff because we've done it there. I say, I, w- I would want to come in and talk about fear, at least for like an hour. And I want to talk about how fear blocks up who we are and how we relate. And what I can do if I can talk about that fear and give you guys some exercises on that, you can cut out the sideways energy, cut out the politics, because the trust falls could happen today and it goes back to the same 
tomorrow. Uh, so if trust falls are what you're wanting, I'm not your guy. And uh, I remember I had this call set up, and I'm like telling my wife, oh, it's happening. I, I'm going after it, and I got this call. And here I am talking to this lady, and I just said, you know, I would want to come in and do it this way. She was like, I don't think we're ready for that. And I'm like, well, I'm not your guy then. Uh, you know what's interesting, Chris, is that and I think a lot of people confuse, you know, leadership and, and really what, what we've found um, of great value in your program. It's not necessarily team building. You know, there's a lot of team building activities, but there's a, if you really think about it, there's a clear delineation between team building activities that can build that trust between your organization. But the reality is if you don't have a leadership team that's developed to a point um, to sustain that, you know, it does fall apart. And that's why really, you know, this program really focuses on, on leadership and, and, you know, it starts with ourselves as individuals and understanding that and, and then taking that knowledge and understanding and applying it to the rest of the people in your community, the rest of the people in your organization. Um, you know, and the interesting thing and the great thing about this is, you know, it works in the office, but it also works out of the office. And um, so trust falls and that sort of thing are great. You know, we've done the dragon boat racing and split up the teams. We're a really competitive organization. And, you know, the, the teams that work together the most effectively are typically the ones that get the blue ribbons and so on and so forth. But, you know, in my opinion, this site shift program isn't about that as much as it is about helping create and develop leaders. Yeah. That's it. That's so awesome. Yeah, you could do the trust falls. You'll feel good for a little bit, but it's going to go back to the same the next day. Um, what, you know, so you're so gracious to share what's happening with SightShift there. Uh, any thoughts about what it's meant to you personally? Well, I, I think one of the things that really connects me to it, um, you know, my history is, you know, it's a pretty long history. I, I came from very humble beginnings. Um, I, you know, I grew up in a strong Christian home. Um, I went to college. Uh, I survived that for about a semester and a half. I, I didn't handle, I didn't manage my freedom very well. <laughs> it's like drinking from a fire hose, I think. Uh, and that's when my entrepreneurial, you know, I guess, you know, activity started kicking in. Um, I started my first business. I was probably 19 and a half um, before I was 20. And, you know, I, I, I learned um, life through experience. And, you know, it taught me a lot of different things, um, having a lot of different experiences. And I see a lot of different things out there. And, and I think one of the things that really connects me again with SightShift was your message really aligns with the experiences that I've, had, that I've really had, you know, the things that taught me. And um, I think that's why I appreciate it most. I mean, it is, you know, when you lay over um, all the different things that you're talking about and you're teaching, you know, I have all sorts of different um, experiences that can directly relate to that. And um, sometimes it's just about, you know, remembering those different scenarios because there's so many of them. And site shift kind of, it changes, it's changed my perspective to kind of just be more ready to recognize, you know, um, if I'm powering up or pulling away and then recognizing other people doing that, it, it just, it's, it's kind of an indicator that, okay, there's something here that if you don't, if you're not in that, that zone, you know, you're, you're not going to see it and you're going to miss an opportunity to develop a stronger relationship with that individual, build more trust and, and build more loyalty. You just miss so many opportunities if you don't recognize those situations and those opportunities that, that powering up or pulling away can give you. So yeah. I, and I, and my, the rest of our team sees that. And um, it's, it's really cool to see how that works and, and how we continue to grow closer together. But Wow. Your message just clicks with my experience, and I love it. 
man, thank you. Yeah, I've, for me, the way I've said it is, it's not a re—it's not a discovery of something new. It's a rediscovery of what's true, and your brain organizes around that when you find that. And uh, yeah, like you said, you miss those opportunities. Man, we need to get you uh, sent out as an ambassador <laughs> there with that message because you just said it so well. Uh, I can't get away with anything now uh, with friends or at home because we've articulated it so much. I get called on it. Uh, I got a little stressed out Monday night in the house, and uh, I started getting rigid and giving some powering up commands. And my daughter's like, why are you stressed right now, Dad? They'll even know this, Jeff. They'll say, what are you afraid of right now? <laughs> I'm like, don't do this to me. Uh, <laughs> it's so crazy. What about, so it's awesome to hear about how the team is is syncing up with things. Not that I'm saying there would be, just curious, any points of resistance with Sight Shift that you see or just the, the mentality of what it means to lead from a secure identity? I think the biggest resistance um, in, in- you know, I wouldn't be defining reality if I didn't say it, it didn't exist here. It's that first step of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we saw it, Chris, in the last session that you were here, um, kind of that open floor time when we give our team a chance to be vulnerable. And, um, you know, I don't think we're there until everybody stands up and talks about what their fear is. But, you know, we had a good number of, of, of our team members talk about their fears. And so I think that's the biggest resistance. So it's not necessarily resistant to um, the program as much as, you know, they just got to get comfortable enough to uh, step out and be vulnerable. Yeah. And, in a, you know, in a public setting, that's a lot harder than one-on-ones and stuff that you're doing um, with some of our team members and things. And I've seen, I've seen some strong results, although I have no idea, obviously, what you know, you know, what your sessions are like with my leadership team. But I've seen a difference. I've seen a significant difference in several individuals, um, in a very positive, positive change. So. Yeah. Thanks. That's sure. so cool. What sure that's a lot easier one on one. Well, you know what? What trips me out is when I go into an organization or a company, like people will avoid me. Uh, I mean, they'll just, I'll like walk around, try to talk to her, but they'll just straight up avoid me because there's something about that vulnerability that makes them feel unnerved. And I'm doing all I can to relax things and help it feel safe. And then for those that do what you guys are doing, where I'm coming in and speaking and I'm doing the coaching with the executive team, uh, it's crazy to me how much deeper it goes when they've heard me talk about it and then the coaching happens uh, because they start to see and connect those dots and it's just so so fulfilling when that happens. Um, what, you obviously been impacted by it. Your team is. You still want to keep working together. That's hugely affirming to me. I love that. Excited to come back and hang out with you guys. Uh, who who shouldn't work with SightShift? If, if some company owners or leaders were listening to this, uh, it's obviously not everything is for everybody. Any thoughts on that? Man, that's a, that particular question for me. I mean, we you would think that that when an organization like ours, because we've been we've been very blessed with our team and our culture, and quite frankly, most most people would think that we don't need it. Um, and, and I know our culture is is unique. Um, it's it's innovative. It's um, it's accountable. It's it's loving. It's serving. Our core values are are, are you know acted out. Um, the fact that that you know I felt that we we still need to not rest on our laurels and make sure that we continue to grow as an organization. Um, to me, if if you don't have a culture where uh, the kind of company culture that you want. Um, or, you know, fully developed leadership team, which I don't think anybody has, um, including our government. <laughs> we won't go there. Um, we need to give them a call, though, Chris. Honestly, I but would love to. <laughs> I think everybody. I think I think this could. If people, if a leader is is willing to define reality and accept it, and which is you know not living in a false reality, which we oftentimes leaders do because it's comfortable. And the challenge with that is not sustainable. So 
you know, I challenge really any any corporation or any individual, um, you know, to kind of step out and, and allow yourself to be vulnerable because I do believe, um, you know, the fear is is that you know, you lose yourself in that vulnerability, but the reality is you find yourself in that vulnerability. So I think it's for everybody. But the reality is if you're not if you're not willing to to really define what's true and address it, then you're wasting your time. But sometimes, you know, you gotta you gotta put yourself in that in that position and situation that challenges you there. Um, or you're never gonna get a chance to get there. So you at least need to, at least need to dig in a site shift at least one round, and uh, uh, challenge yourself in that area. In my opinion, wow, I love that. Lose yourself and then find yourself, and it's so paradoxical how that works. Uh, what an awesome, awesome phrase! I love that. Uh, so, folks that are listening to the podcast, I think you just said it great. Like, if if they want to go deeper with this, they need to get in touch with us because we want. We want to spread this message. It's something that we consider a privilege. We love doing that. Uh, anything else that you'd want to add for folks that might be listening on the fence? Uh, should we bring Sight Shift in? Any thoughts on that? I think, you know, timing is important. You know, the, the, sooner, the sooner you um, are willing to look at yourself and, and understand um, where your where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, and truly, you know, understand that. Um, and one of the things I loved about Sight Shift is that it really helped you find that. I mean, that's one of the key um, benefits that we saw in, in the program. That that process and the way Chris articulates it and, and, and asks questions and, and identifies different scenarios, it helps you. It helps you identify those areas. The sooner you do that, the sooner you, know, you can start changing yourself or at least understanding yourself so you don't damage your culture or damage your community based on how you react in certain situations. And you can start understanding your team better. I really think that um, this can is a catalyst for us to facilitate changing ourselves and changing others in, in our community in a very positive way. Um, I think strong leaders um, understand themselves and understands what their community needs, um, whether it's accountability or whether it's kindness or whether it's joy or whether it's peace. In certain scenarios, there's a lot of different scenarios and experiences um, that we have throughout the day, and there's different you know, there's different fruits, if you will, that you should bear as a leader or as a participant in that community that can make that community better. Yeah. And um, I think Site Shift helps you identify where, you know, what your supermarket looks like, where the fruit is and where there is no fruit. <laughs> so you can, you can find the fruit and yeah. figure out what you need to do to change to, to be the person you need to be in your organization or your community to, to be a positive impact on those around you. I love it. I mean, for me, the passion with that is like, let's define insecure leadership so clear that nobody can get away with it. Uh, Not for the reason of like we're trying to catch people, but for the reason of look how much of our lives we spend working. Let's let's have fun. Let's enjoy this. Let's have a blast. Uh, And I love that that with you guys culture there, no doubt, Jeff comes from you telling me my man card is bedazzled. <laughs> Which it totally is. I, that was hilarious when you said that. Uh, so it, here's the scenario. I'm talking to a company and I'm like, okay, I can come in and speak for an hour. Uh, or I can come in and speak for a few hours and get this deep in your company. Uh, I can come in and speak for an hour. Or I can come in and speak for a few hours and coach some of your leaders and get it even deeper. Uh, you've seen that. And so sometimes I know people will be like, what? Sit in a room with you three hours? Uh, we we want to make our meetings amazing. Uh, I know it's kind of weird maybe to ask you this, but what would you say for somebody that would go, come on, three hours? That's like crazy. So, yeah, I've, I've had a chance actually to, to experience both. Um, Chris, when we first had you come in, you know, 
we really, we, I didn't know what to expect, but we brought you in for, I think, the three-hour session, and then you were, then we did a little breakout with the leadership team. And, and I already mentioned the results earlier. You had the highest marks of the whole company meeting, the three-day event. And um, then the last, um, the last session, you know, we decided to keep you, although we, we had you for three hours again, maybe four, um, we decided to, to do, um, I loved it. I loved the message and the perspective so well. We organized that leadership breakfast. So here in Orlando, we, we hosted a, a, a little leadership breakfast and brought in, and we ended up having 28, you know, local business owners and entrepreneurs and, and folks and leaders. And, um, we had about an hour and a half, maybe an hour, hour and a half message. And um, they all were left, they loved it, but they were all left wanting more. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're an organization um, in a company like Noble, um, I want them to be left wanting, I want my team to want more, but I want them to have enough information and have enough of this to process that they can you know, they can start implementing change. And I think an hour, hour and a half is enough to get people excited about it. But I think you need to go deeper. And I think you need that little extra time um, to give people a chance to really get a hold and capture as much of the message as they need to start facilitating change. That's my opinion. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, because I'll do it for 10 minutes. I'll do it for an hour. We leave them wanting more. And it's like, no, I promise. Like, your team will have a fun time. And uh, super fun with you guys. Jeff, thanks so much for making time to hang out. Um, it's a privilege to be a part of what's happening there. You guys' growth and seeing the fun way you're going about it. Um, man, super appreciate your time. Anything else to add before we go? Other than my man card is camo. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You beat me there for sure. I bet this weekend I get to watch uh, a movie that uh, maybe would not be on my top ten action movie list. And we we'll dance great in it. What's that? Does that have Hugh Grant in it? <laughs> it probably will. Uh, and Dancing with the Stars will start soon. And so if you need to know any of the plot line or the developments of that show, hit me up because I will have the data. That's <laughs> uh, fun. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Peace. have a great day, man. Cool. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the podcast. And uh, I, we're doing this episode where I get to share with you some people that we've worked with and hear some of their story and uh, what it was like with SightShift for them. So I want you to welcome my friend David Sherry. David, glad you're here, man. Happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. Dude, so so tell us, because this podcast is all about doing over being, tell us what you do. <laughs> yeah, so day-to-day uh, -day I manage uh, a large group of photographers to shoot photos for all types of creative people, and it's called Death to the Stock Photo. So it's part email list, part SaaS business, um, and we essentially provide high-quality photos for designers, bloggers, social media managers... Uh, content managers to use in their own work. Nice. SaaS business, meaning you don't take crap from no one. Yes, exactly. We're very sassy. So <laughs> SaaS is uh, software as a service. So it, it runs a little bit like that in the sense that it's a subscription service that people pay month to month for. Dope. So cool. And also sassy, yes. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, so glad you're here. And um, yeah, just to chat a little bit about, because we've been able to do some work for uh, for you guys with SightShift, you obviously value investing in leadership development. Um, why SightShift? What do you feel like makes it different from some of the stuff that's out there? Yeah, I think what's been amazing about uh, working through SightShift is for anybody who's trying to lead with a really strong brand or has a very brand centric company, I think what happens is your audience can really get a good feel for what the internal culture of a company is based on the way the company acts in public. So death of the stock photo is very brand focused. And what's important to me is making sure that everything we do, whether it's on social media, whether it's the copy we write, 
whether it's the way we interact with our customers over email. But I really want to make sure that we have a very kind of secure identity as a brand. And so what SiteShift has helped us do is kind of across the whole company, but really starting with me, um, since I'm the person who does most of the stuff day to day, is just kind of have a unified message that feels secure to our audience. And I think people, whether you're on Twitter or Facebook, sometimes you see messaging coming from companies and it just feels kind of gross almost. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so not only do I want to have our culture like internally as a company um, be very secure, which is what SiteShift has helped us do, I also just want our messaging and brand to be secure. And the best way to do that seems to be starting from inside out. So starting with the people who are working on the messaging or the people who are working on the company um, to be able to have good interactions with our customers and our fans and community. Yeah, rock on, man. So well said. We got to make you an official ambassador of this message. (laughs) Uh, It just screams neediness when you interact with those insecure brands that are like, please like us, please like us, which makes you not want to like them. Um, This has been really gratifying for me that, uh, I've, everybody I can think of that we've worked with, just, they keep wanting to work together. Um, and that's happened with you, man. And that's so fulfilling. Why the desire to continue to work together? Well, it, it seems like it all kind of starts with, uh, so we did the 12 week program, which is how we started. And that was more specifically for just me and like less about business, Um, And so I think there's been kind of a natural progression of me first trying to work uh, through basically site shift with just me as a person, as David. Um, And then that transition from David as a person to David connecting with other people and relationships. And then from there to a leadership role, which which is what I have at Death of the Stock Photo and managing other people and uh, leading a brand. And so I think there's been kind of a nice progression there. But I think part of the reason for continuing is there's always just so much more to go through and so much more to explore. And even me personally, I think like at first I didn't really want to do the leadership stuff because I didn't really think it was like for me. And maybe that's just because I was like jaded from so much like leadership stuff online. Yeah. Um, But it's just increasingly more apparent that there is a lot to think about when you're leading people and the more aware you are, uh, the better you can lead. And so I think more and more I'm seeing the benefit of some of the more nuanced practices with SightShift, like being specific to leadership. Um, so the foundation stuff is awesome, and I hope I keep returning to that like forever. Um, but it seems like there's some other nuanced parts of my life or work that it's really important to uh, continue kind of practicing. It's kind of like a never-ending practice. Yeah, man. So cool. I'm listening to uh, Seth Godin's Startup School again. I, w- I wanted to go back through it. And, you know, he just talks about, like, it's it's skills to be able to, to lead, set the agenda, hire, fire. I mean, just a thousand different things you're doing. This decision fatigue that sets in from so much of the complexity, uh, you know, that we face. Uh, so you mentioned being, like, jaded from some of the stuff that's out there. Uh, your your best stab at articulating like what makes site shift different from that stuff that made you so jaded? Yeah, it seems like it focuses more on, I guess, just like people rather than tactics or something like that. Um, and I mean, there's definitely kind of like tactics involved, but it kind of all goes back to some of the 12 week stuff, which is what we started with. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems a lot more holistic, a lot more like it is relevant to any type of leadership. So it's not even just like specifically me leading this company. Like it could cross over to leading a sports team or uh, leading a group or an organization. So it seems like a healthier, more kind of holistic approach versus maybe people who are selling something that's like a quick fix, which is kind of what we were just saying is that it's like kind of like a long time practice. Mm-hmm. Um And so there's definitely fundamentals like any type of system to learn. But, yeah, I'd say it seems like a more holistic approach, a more human approach, and less of, uh, you know, give me $50 and I'll give you some quick tips or tactics. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that's so gratifying because 
that's so much of what burned me. Like, hey, here's some quick tips on communicating. Here's some quick tips on team building. Well, I want to know why I do the things that get in the way of building the healthy culture, of leading from a standpoint that has some clarity and focus to it. And, yeah, you know, I've I've faced this thing with people where kind of the entry point when I'm speaking at a company uh, or working with individuals, they want to jump to the stuff like, let's talk about decision making. Uh, Let's talk about capturing the hearts of a team and focusing and running off into the horizon. Uh, Let's talk about decision making. Let's talk about relationships and conflict and all that stuff. And I'm like, we will get there. Okay. We'll get there, but we're going to spend a chunk of time breaking down the smallest movements because then you're going to get this on your own. And for me, it's like, I don't want to, I want to have a long-term relationship with the people we work with because it's fun, but not because like we're the guru of the day and, you know, we're here to dish out these answers and everybody needs to come to us for them. Instead, we're here to come beside people and help them learn who they are and come to that awareness on their own so that they're going after it. Um, But you got to walk through some stuff to get there. And I think not everybody wants to do that. Obviously, not everybody wants to grow. It's kind of weird when I say that to people uh, or when I say to people, most people don't change. They're going to stay the same and you have to live like they are. But some people go through dynamic, qualitative and quantitative shifts. And those are the people we love working with. Who shouldn't work with us? If you were, if some listeners were out there, and you were like, "These are people you probably wouldn't jam with," what would that look like? Well, I think ultimately, if you do a good job, or if you're someone who's a good fit for Side Shift, your goal is kind of to not really need you anymore. Like in the long run, I shouldn't be, you know, texting you all the time for a quick tip or answer, although you're, you graciously help me out with stuff now, but I think the goal is that it's kind of like learning to fish a little bit. So if you build this strong foundation, like, like you're saying, then, uh, you're kind of in it for the long run and you're in it for your own sufficiency over time. So it kind of goes back to the quick fix where if you're just kind of demanding answers or you just want to know right away, what's the fix once the one secret is going to fix things, then it's probably not for you because this is about like long-term self-sufficiency. Um, so yeah, I'd say you have to, you have to go in thinking that this is a slow process. You have to be patient. Um, you have to realize it'll be frustrating. And then I think it's for someone who wants to build like a longer term self-sufficiency. Yeah. Dude, I love the way you frame that. Um, so if you had a minute and there's somebody listening on the podcast, you just had a minute with them and and you were like, no, you need to do this. You need to work with Chris and, uh, you know, get on this site shift thing. Uh, what would that look like? Yeah, I mean, I've already done it to a lot of people I know, so it's pretty easy. I mean, if you look at just investing in education, comparatively, this seems like, probably the best thing I've spent money on. Um, and it kind of makes sense that you should invest in yourself. Although nobody really does that. I never really did that before. And I guess I invested in myself in terms of like, you know, going to college, I went to Ohio state. Um, but there's even, even if you kind of get all the education in the world, if you're having communication issues or things that are blocking you up from being creative, all the teaching and kind of knowledge or skills in the world won't get you past that. So, uh, yeah, I'd say it's, it's just really important to invest in yourself. It's definitely money well spent. Um, I don't see many people really regretting kind of exploring more about who they are and kind of getting more comfortable with themselves just cause it applies to so many different situations. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's just kind of like a different type of education, but one that's equally valid to formal education. Dope, man. Thanks. Yeah. I think there's a, like, you know, so many knowledge things that you need in your life to, to develop your skills, to get to the edge of your abilities. But what I'm trying to do with Sight Shift is say, here, here's a filter that you can use and add the rest to it to go as far as you freaking can. Um, and that's like, that's the jam, man. We want to help people fly as far and as fast as they can. We're doing some stuff with some athletics. And one of the things in the wording of that is you invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into the training room for the physical 
training of your athletes. And yet we know that physical prowess doesn't put you at the top of the heap, but it is the mental and emotional game. What are you doing to invest in that? I don't have my business analogy for that yet. Uh, maybe you invest for a lot of businesses in these you know, nice facilities or whatever, thousands of dollars and uh, helping people like be celebrated at the six-month mark and the one-year mark. But well, what's it look like to build into who they are? Um, okay, so super serious question here. Have you ever done the whip and Nene in private? I've I've been seeing things about this. I've never even heard the song, so I don't know if that makes me old or something. But I'm 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 familiar with the word, uh, but not not familiar with the dance or the song. Unfortunately, if if the listeners demand it, would you do a Google Hangout and we will show people? Uh, I'll be in my kitchen. You could be in your home place there, and uh, we'll Google Hangout and teach people how to do it. Sure, sure, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, anything else you want to add, man? Uh, that's it. Yeah. I'm excited to keep working. I mean, people can reach out to me if they have questions about working with you. Uh, it's just David at death of the stock or David cherry dot three, six at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems worth it just to at least explore, explore a conversation with you. It's been super beneficial to me. So, uh, I feel like people around me, have maybe even benefited a little bit, just me talking to them about some of what we talked about. So, uh, yeah, excited to kind of keep exploring and keep listening to the podcast and people can reach out if they want. Dope, man. That's awesome. Thanks. Freaking feel like we're just getting started. Um, so much fun. Have an excellent evening. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Yep. Of course. Talk to you soon. Peace, man. All right, guys. Uh, So I get to introduce you to another friend, and it's been cool for me as we go through this episode, you're getting to hear from people that are uh, our friends but have been impacted by sight shift and so adam welcome to the podcast my friend adam layman adam because we are all about doing over being here tell us what you do yeah i uh i have a branding uh tiny branding company uh with my wife allison and we've been doing that for about two and a half years so we'd make a logos website and do photography for um, pretty small, some small businesses. Dope. And we connected by Twitter like uh, five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. Freaking crazy tell time goes by. Um, and you got to be early in on what Site Shift is now, much more developed. Um, and crazy how circumstances work like that. Yeah. So I'm thinking back now while I'm recording this. It was a Twitter connection. We talked about something you had going on in your life. You reached back out to me. We're going through the early stuff, and you're like, what am I getting myself into with this guy? Yeah, I remember I reached out to you. Like my, I was having like a one of those moments uh, in my marriage. I probably had been married for, I don't know, like three years at that time. I'm guessing three or four at that time. And I like, didn't know we're having like some, a fight and I didn't know what to do. I was like, I was probably being crazy. Um, and stuff was just like spinning out of control. I was like in a little bit of a career transition. And I was like, I don't really even know Chris that much, but it's, I feel like I trust him. I think I emailed you at like three o'clock in the morning. Um, and then you, I was like kind of, I was kind of like a lazy person back then. Um, I wasn't like the most, you know, up and at him guy in the morning. And you were like, let's meet on Thursdays at six in the morning. And I remember being like, I want to be different. I want to like change so bad that I'd be willing to do that. Um, but that was like brutal for me at the time. <laughs> but we did that for like, probably like six or seven weeks in a row, Thursday mornings at six. And, uh, yeah, just like the early super, I had to be like one of the first people to go through sort of the the site shift stuff you had put together, right? Oh, yeah. I, you know, I mean, it was like one of those things where I'm fleshing it out for people in conversations. I remember specifically with you, uh, there's part of just understanding identity mission community and what it looks like when you're afraid and a false mission, false community, blah, blah, blah. I remember there was one of those things that I wrote up, I, and it may have been the aware invite share or something, and I was like, 
yeah, uh, my best stuff comes, I feel like, working with people like that. And I remember writing it up there. You left, and I'm, like, taking a picture of it and thinking through the notes and how it applies. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. That you, like, you invented it? <laughs> the whole thing in front of me? Like, trust me, I'm putting it yeah. up here so it looks legit incredible. <laughs> oh, shoot. And then uh, what's funny is I actually specifically remember you at an event that we had done for some leaders. And when I started talking about that one specific piece, and at that point I had walked a number of other people through it, and my conversation was way uh, tighter and much yeah. more synced up with just how we change. Uh, but I remember you coming into the room and sitting on the edge of that couch and being like, oh, I really wanted to hear this one. Um, and uh, you, I, I don't expect you to remember that. So, Mm-mm. No, I totally – yeah, I totally don't remember that. Funny no, how it I works. I thought that – I mean, because being, being around at the very beginning and then going to like a ton of events or, you know, everything that we've done with marriages and businesses and nonprofits and individuals uh, – like I've just heard the evolution and how everything has continued to get tighter um, and how you found even like new material, uh, new inspiration or make things better. Uh, some of your content better that you talk about, I think, and maybe I would love to hear your answer to this, but it seems to me like when I first dove in, like when I first needed site shift real bad was I was at like a place of, I was either going to go to counseling or go to site shift. Right. So it was like, I'm going to talk to Chris, but if I don't, if this doesn't work, I'm going to find like a therapist or a counselor or like whatever. I would like hit bottom in my life. Um, but then I also so much resonate with Site Shift when I like am running a business and everything's going really well and we're being, and everything's really successful. My wife and I are having a great time. Uh, we're hiring people. That's all great. And I like want to be even better. I like want to keep pushing myself. It seems like to me that the Site Shift, the site shift content or the, the idea that we like come back to identity seems to just really resonate with um, people who are at the bottom of their lives and they're going through really, really hard stuff or people who are sort of like, I'm saying like they're trying to not hit their peak or plateau as they're trying to keep pushing themselves. Um, dude, why is that? Why do we, why is it those two groups of people that like resonate with it the most? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think about it like um, going to the gym. When you go to the gym, there's this. Uh, there's, there's often two types of people there. Uh, I guess you could say there's a third, but there's the people that are just starting out, and there's like so much gap to close. There's so much momentum they can get. Um, I had been running for a couple of years and had been doing strength, tra- strength training, uh, and I started back doing that uh, a few months ago, but. When I first jumped back in, like I remember I I had done some core work and I came in the house and set my bag down. I'm walking up the stairs and I felt some muscles that were like so sore uh, around my abs that had just, I mean, I sneezed and I almost hit my knees. It was so much pain because I had such a gap to close. um, Now I can do that same exercise and I have to do a lot more of them to even get a little bit sore. So I have to change it up and confuse my body and, and keep myself growing. So I think what happened early on were people that were like really hurting. Uh, and it could have been from a a business leadership perspective or a life perspective. Oftentimes it was both. Um, and we saw like so much change that could happen. There's growth like crazy. Um, and, and then there's those people that are at the gym that are, they're, they're 80 percenting it, right? So they're 80 percent of the way there, but, um, the way that they're engaging certain things, they're keeping those muscles, uh, deformed. Um, it's kind of like if you stepped into the weight room and we put, you know, a bar on your shoulders and said, let's show me your squat form. And then we put weight on it and then your, your feet bow out to compensate for that weight. Now I can see with the increased stress where the muscular structure is breaking down and Mm. you're actually going to be worse for doing that exercise than better over time. And so what we've had recently uh, with this year, it just totally shifted where almost 99% of the business is people that are coming in to the gym, so to speak, and we're helping them get to that 1%. 
uh, that yeah. top by making those small changes. And so there's still a gap to close, and we get a lot of feedback on that, and it's really exciting and fun. Um, so, yeah, it definitely took that uh, that twist. I think it just didn't work in with you. It's been kind of similar where yeah. we're doing now more leadership organizational work with you guys. And yeah, right. It's like, okay, that is uh, a metaphor, if you will, of what's happening at scale. Yeah. It's crazy to me to think of – I also I had this thought um, – people ask me a lot about site shift and about – you know, they just ask me about how it's doing and stuff like that. Whenever I see my family, they're like, how's that going? Um, and just having a conversation with them recently, kind of like around the same thing of like how it had shifted from – I mean, I mean, I remember when you were starting with Site Shift and kind of like just following the natural inspiration, you started and tried to apply it sort of in a counseling setting um, more than, you know, with in businesses and with leaders. Uh, but then it grew. And so they were asking about that. And um, I explained, it just seems like those are the people that want to change, you know, um, like when I have a, when I have like a, a B plus day in the office. I'm like, I wonder if I could do something to make it an A plus, you know, um, or when we do a project or we have interactions with our team, I want to think, how can I make this amazing? And because I like our, I like the team that we have around right now. I like the clients that we have right now. I just want to make sure that we're not like burning. I want those people to be around in five years and in 10 years. I don't want to just burn them out, you know, and those, that's what makes, sometimes that's what like the service motivator for changes right now where I'm like, I got to make sure that I don't burn this thing out or I got to make sure um, we're bringing on more employees as we're growing. And I want to make sure that we're not burning them out. Um, and I want them to love working here. I want this to be like the greatest place they've ever worked. So I want to do as, as much as I can to make this awesome. Um, and I also think when you hit rock bottom, when you like when everything's falling apart, you're not sure if a marriage is going to last. You're not sure if you know whatever. When you've got no money, when you've got no, you're sort of scraping the bottom. Uh, you want to change real bad then too. So I think it makes it kind of makes sense. You you know it's around the time people want to change. Well, I think for me too, I was listening to uh, Kevin Kelly on Tim Ferriss's podcast, and he talks about like people that figure out their magic sweet spot. That's my phrasing. I don't remember the phrasing he used. It's people that are trying lots of things and it's not just that they're waiting for that epiphany to hit, but they're trying lots of things to get closer and closer to that space where it's like, Oh, and, um, you know, for me it was January waking up going, what are my friends paying me to do? What are my friends referring out? Uh, and it is this, you know, coaching leaders to figure out their internal world so they can really lead their external world well. And then even working within the organizations and speaking to the company's employees and working with them on systems. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's what's getting referred out. That's what my friends are asking me to do. Uh, and so there's a shift that we need to make here, uh, pun intended. And so we do that. Um, and I'm like, oh, I find this like crazy fulfilling. This means so much to me. Uh, the work before was very fulfilling, but this feels much closer to that magic sweet spot, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so that's really been crazy. What would you say for you guys, like organizationally? I mean, it's one thing to be friends. It's another thing to be like, no, we want you to come in and do stuff with us. What's, yeah. What's the value add there? What are the differences you're seeing? Um, what does that look like? Uh, yeah, so I was, I mean, after trying to frame this, yeah, I think after coming and asking you to be, I just wanted, like, I wanted the voice of Sight Shift to be just part of the way that, as a team, we talk about things. Uh, I wanted it to be about, I just wanted it to be healthy at that level, um, and I didn't need everybody to go through, I don't need like everyone to go through 12 weeks with you, you know, to get started. Um, I mean, if they wanted to, that'd be amazing, but I just wanted, I wanted to continue to grow in that direction. And so having you come in, I think the biggest thing that we sort of took away when you just kind of, I don't know, doing some of the, I don't know if you call them exercises or things that you work through with us as a group, um, it immediately, ch I mean, we changed the structure of how our meetings have been. And I remember you said something where you, we got to like work through a bunch of processes and ended up at a really solid, very purposeful sort of 
check-in meeting structure um, for our team. Um, at the end of our time with you, it was like, okay, this is like a next thing that will help us sort of unblock a lot of our communication. It was addressed a bunch of places that things were getting stuck. And then you said something where you said, and this is the most important meeting that you have every day. This is more important than any other meeting you have with anybody else. Um, and it was kind of like that permission to take care of ourselves as a team. Um, and I think you, you know, five years ago helped me take care of myself as a person. Um, but it's just giving us that permission to be like, you need to do this stuff to be healthy. And I mean, that's like been two weeks and it's changed. It's crazy. It's cr- I remember the first day that we had that meeting, we have that meeting first thing in the morning when we all get in, um, we all committed to being in and prepped and ready to start at that time. Not just like, you know, we can be very much like the typical creative people who like are cool showing up 15 minutes late and can be pretty fluid. And, you know, when a meeting starts, someone's like, Hey, we didn't have coffee. And we waste like 20 minutes making coffee for everybody. Um, you know, so we can be like that, but this was like very purposeful. And it just, that first day that we did it, we did it right in the morning. And that entire day I watched like myself, uh, Allie and our other team members just be super productive and super like the priorities were Everyone understood what their priorities were for the day and for the goals of our business. And so they were like, oh, I can, I have 12 things to do, but these two are the most important. So I'm going to make sure I get those done first. Um, it was really, really cool. I remember at the end of that first day, um, I was like, I, I talked to all of them. I was like, hey, today was really great. And they're like, yeah, it was so good to have that meeting in the morning. And it wasn't just about having a morning meeting. It was about the content of the morning meeting. Um, so working with you to help identify, oh, this, these are the roles that everyone should have at this meeting. Um, you know, this is who leads it. This is who asks the questions we need to work on, uh, getting all of the magical information out of Allie's head and shared amongst the team. Um, you know, that stuff was just, was just invaluable. It was stuff that we kind of always been wrestling with, but you helped kind of just put it up on the whiteboard and, uh, you know, that we can all focus on, on, uh, doing our best stuff. It was, it's been really cool. Dude, that's so fulfilling to hear that. And I, something for me, it's like, I'm not saying something like new that it's just helping people rediscover what's true. That's, it's like, it's in you and I'm giving voice to it. Um, and what's awesome about what I've seen unfold with the process you guys have that I'm having to explain to people now is, like, no, we've got to do this foundational work first before we can get into some of that. Because if, if you don't realize the fears that block up your leadership, um, you know, I, I love what Seth Godin says, the essence of leadership is to be aware of your fear. Well, let's get precise awareness of that fear. Let's know it. So if your fear is, uh, and it's always going to be related to your identity, that, you know, you're not going to get what you need, you're going to be alone, um, that you've got to perform to have worth, then you're going to develop a meeting flow and systems around your fear. Yeah. You're going to get the very thing you don't want to have. Uh, and, it, and so that self-sabotaging that happens, yeah. so it's, it's one thing to come in and do that work where we get really practical with like those systems, but it's another thing to get, go, okay, we can build on this foundation because there's a common language that we share. And I know that, I've, I've done enough, like you've, you've done so many squats, right? And it's like, okay, that those feet aren't turning out anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we can go do an obstacle course yeah, and get a crazy workout, get shocked by electricity, jump in freezing cold water, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, all the stupid things you do as an entrepreneur and business owner, uh, because you have this crazy passion, but yeah. we've got, we've got a substance and structure to support the venture right rather than doing that backward yeah no no it's it's um that's really cool i've also noticed i keep thinking too i've also noticed this is true in your personal life but then i it just is the same in business but when you're pretty secure in who you are and when you can be healthy i think as a sort of company or as a team it's like super attractive to people. We've had in the last like in the last week, we've had we need to like hire a person to just manage some of this stuff because it's a lot. We have so many adults who have graduated, um, 
So it's not like college kids who are looking for internships. It's like people who have other jobs or whatever are asking for internships um, because I think they just either they just want to be around or they want to whatever. Um, they first ask if we're hiring, and we say that we're not, and then they ask if we, you know, do we ever do internships and stuff like that. And I always think to myself, gosh, you're like out of school. You know, like you should have a job, um, but it's made us. It, I think it's made us way more attractive to people. Clients tell us that. I mean, we there's a million places in the world where you can get a website built for sure, or a logo done um, for a ton of different prices. A lot of places do it a lot less than we do, or for a lot cheaper than we do. And man, I think it makes it. It just makes a huge difference. Yeah, it's culture. We're attracted to that when we know. Um, that we can get something secure and whole there. And this is one of the things that I can say to the bigger companies we work with, like hiring is competitive now. It's Mm -hmm. if you want great people, uh, it's kind of like a buyer's market in housing. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. If you want great people, there's, there's a competitive market there in hiring and your leverage point isn't pay. It mm-hmm. isn't title. It isn't responsibility for that for that higher level of talent and skill. Um, it is the culture. It's yeah. what you're giving. Uh, is it something that gets people to the edge of their abilities and grows them and helps them see those little tweaks they make that open up explosive performance? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's Dan Pink's drive. Are they having autonomy, mastery, and meaning? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah and. Yeah. <laughs> You know, those things come out of a secure leadership culture. They flow out of that. So the question isn't how to get that culture. It's how to unblock it. And um, that's that's the work that we love doing, man. Uh, anything else you would say to folks maybe that are listening that, you know, what's that like little 30-second or one-minute, like here's what Site Shift is about and here's why you should have Chris speak or, or get coaching you know, they're on that fence and they're considering it. Uh, because you're handsome and you have great teeth. Those would be the two things I would say. I and thought you, you were like going to say sexy hair. Yeah. Well, that was that's next. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. No, I think, I mean, I think it's different. I think it's different for everybody. There's times where I tell people they need to meet with you. And maybe um, who shouldn't work with us. Too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, no, but I think there's, for some people, I, when I, because I, tell a lot of people to talk to you um and there's times where i think of a i think of a friend who she was talking and i could tell that or it was a client she's sitting across the table from me and i could tell that she is at this point where she's about to have a breakdown like she's running herself just dry and i could and i could tell that she was needed to talk to you but she wasn't going to be vulnerable enough. I mean, she wasn't going to open up at that level with me, you know, for the first time we sit down and talk. And I was like, oh, I have a, a friend who does like, um, he's kind of like, he works with business owners, but he's kind of like a life coach for executives, you know? So it was like, she was about to scrape bottom. And so I was like, you should just get coffee with him because I knew if she gets coffee with you, you just are, she's going to end up working with you um, because she's going to find enough value in that first hour that she's going to understand. And I didn't need to like explain a ton of stuff to her. And I think the other type of people that I, but those are more of like an individual basis. I don't talk about that to everybody. I think the other thing that I say a lot is we get to work with a lot of businesses that I see an insane amount of potential. Like I, I think if I didn't, I think if I had a lot more money, I would invest in the businesses that are our clients also Mm. Um, just because I see just really, really cool stuff, just some really cool, different new types of businesses that I think have huge potential. And I want those business owners to be able to run with those for 25 years, not just two or three. And our our current, sometimes in that startup culture, this like so much celebrates the, the hustle and the grind and the, you know, drink 15 Red Bulls to stay up all night to get something done, which is really cool to get a lot of stuff done in a year or two. But if you're trying to do something, I mean, if if you're trying to be brilliant for 20 years in a row, you know, you've got to create some systems and structure around um, 
taking care of yourself uh, so that you can get to, you know, different levels. I mean, you go if you look at uh, that. We just had the NBA Finals, and they had LeBron James. They like famously, he was talking about the insane sort of stuff he does to care for his body, right? Because he's getting at that age. He's he's about to turn thirty, or he just turned thirty. So he's at that age where his body starts changing, and he is spending or the Cavs are spending, whoever's spending like an insane amount of money to make sure that he can stay LeBron James for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I, that's like why I tell people to use sight shift. Cause I was like, you guys want to kick butt and you want to kick butt for a long time. Um, and you've got to make sure you're, you're, you've got to be healthy or you're going to burn people out. And then if you burn, I watch so many business owners, just burn so many people out because they run so hard. And then the amount of turnover discourages them and they lose their passion because the team's always changing. Um, or they don't know how to help a, a, a person on the team improve, or they don't know how to address problems. And so coming into the office every day, um, I mean, we've had times where we didn't know how to address problems and we have interns sitting in here and I'm like, oh, there's a problem. I don't know how to address it. And it makes me, I'm a, it was when Allie and I, it was just me, Allie, and an intern. And I don't, we don't want to go into the office because we have an intern. I'm like, gosh, what if we had a team of five or 10 or a hundred? I would, I would hate to own that business. I'd be like looking for other jobs, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess that's, that's a long answer. There's a lot of, I guess there's just a bunch of it. I think you're always the most brilliant when you're healthy. You're never brilliant when you're burnout. And um, I think you, and sight shift are the best thing that has um, helped to bring a little bit of relief uh, without. I think sometimes people get afraid that relief is going to make them lazy, that having a little bit of rest is going to make them lose their edge. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think they're terrified of what if I do take a day off? Or what if I do take a deep breath and then I lose my passion and I lose the, the anxiety won't be there to drive me anymore. Um, what am I going to do then? And I think you're going to find that you're, you were brilliant the whole time. You've always been brilliant. You can either be brilliant and anxious or you can be brilliant and overflow. And I think you help people be brilliant and overflow. Dude, like freaking so well said, man. I love that. Um, how awesome for everybody to hear that from your voice. Uh, thanks so much for just jamming with me a little bit on the podcast today. Uh, guys, you heard it from Adam. Adam, if they want to connect with you online, uh, what's the quickest place to do that? Uh, just our business is called The Wonder Jam, T H E W O N D E R Jam. Uh, which is weird. And so, yeah, just like do a Google for that. Um, or do Google for my name. And there's like me and like a famous doctor and a comedian. Uh, so I'm not a doctor or a comedian. So if you found Adam Lehman, it's different than that. There's an MMA fighter too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Google search will, will get you wherever you need to go. Cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, being on the show. Glad to have you. Peace, buddy. Thanks, man. This has been The Sight Shift, lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening.